Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm Timothy Lin, and this is Egoless Leadership Training. I focus on helping frontline and middle managers build better relationships with their team members and hope to bring more meaning and authenticity into the workplace. We are in a massive sea change in the way we work. And it's clear that the pandemic has accelerated and amplified the need for this change. The wake up call that the way that we have approached work in our society and culture, that wake up call has already sounded its alarm. And now it's clear that it's up to us to answer that call with vigor and dedication if we want to evolve the way that we work. But the shifts that need to happen externally or systemically first need to happen internally and at the individual level, especially in our leaders, for real and meaningful change to occur. And what I mean by this is that we need to collectively recognize the internal dynamics that cause us to allow the cycle of burn and churn to continue of excessive greed to continue, of unfairness to continue, of power over dynamics to continue. And we can preach people over profits all day long, but until we recognize the deficiency of our collective ego activity, no amount of external change will really be sustainable. As Adam Grant recently tweeted, Funding gym visits, vacations, and healthy meals is a bandage, not a cure. If you really care about well-being, you might want to stop overloading people with grueling work and subjecting them to abusive bosses. If you ask most people and most leaders, they likely don't actually want to create a toxic work environment. But then the question is, why do they? Why is it that despite our best intentions, leaders and organizations still are not able to create a sustainable culture and shift from profits over people to people over profits? And I think the reason is rooted in the way our ego functions and our mostly complete ignorance of its compulsions. So when we talk about the actual well-being of employees needing to be embedded into daily culture, and then when push comes to shove, the possibility of change ends up rubbing right up against our ego deficiencies and its attachment to power, control, manipulation, greed, recognition, money, you know, all of which are dependent on the very system that we've created. So uh, in other words, the ego ceaselessly and desperately tries to support its self-image by acquiring external things, all of which are driven by the ego's sense of deficiency. And the result of not recognizing this kind of ego activity is that we lack awareness of it and therefore do not have the ability to understand the innate fear of change, expansion, freedom, and real trust. So enacting real systemic and cultural change, such as giving up profits uh, to the betterment of the entire organization and the people that work in it brings us face to face with the ego's core deficiencies. And we are all contributing this 
contributing to this in our own way and on different levels uh, through our own ego activity. And we each have our own blind spots, our own egoic reactions that drive us to work longer hours unnecessarily, to give in to temptation, to abuse our power, to not trust in our teammates, to fall into toxic politics, and the list goes on. And we each have the, ca the capacity and the potential to stop contributing to this culture of non-well-being. But the changes that we need to make start with shifting our identification with ego by becoming more aware of it and shifting that to functioning from wholeness, which we've uh, evidently have lost all collective contact with. Um, and when we approach anything with the ego, we approach it from a place of deficiency, meaning we are compelled by the experiential lack of something essential in us. So it's this feeling like something's missing, that something isn't right in us. And so then the ego inherently looks to the outside to try and fill that emptiness or else tries to control the external circumstances to not have to feel that sense of deficiency. And so the shift that we can make individually and collectively then is a monumental and radical turn to stop looking outside of ourselves to fill the emptiness of the ego. And we can learn to recognize when the ego is trying to take the steering wheel compulsively and then to pause, turn our intention inward and have the courage to face the egoic deficiency that we have so long avoided. This is um, a spiritual process meaning that yes, we in fact need to integrate spirit and soul for business to function from a place of wholeness. Um, this doesn't mean that we need to be religious or follow some kind of dogma. We don't have to be converted to a major religion or join a monastery. What I'm talking about is simply recognizing that the required changes to truly put people over profits necessitate a kind of spiritual integration and wholeness of being. And it can't be done without contacting some deeper aspect of reality besides simple materialism or what we see in front of us. And it certainly can't be done with the ego in the front seat. So there's this other problem that, you know, culturally we have been so, we have so far been frightened or reluctant to truly integrate a spiritual dimension or a more whole way of being with the way that we approach work. And so while it's been very well intended, the previous generation of leaders bring mindfulness and wisdom teachings into the culture with events like Wisdom 2.0 and all of the books that have come out, we still have not yet bridged the disconnect between that sense of wholeness, which does require this spiritual dimension and the practical and functional culture of work. The mindfulness movement has done a really, really tremendous job of bringing the practice of non-judgmental awareness into our work, but it's still only a gateway into real transformation. And much has been said about the real power of mindfulness, the mindfulness tradition getting watered down into a kind of mindfulness that's fit for corporate consumption. And I think as of yet, the majority of organizations still view mindfulness as like a well-being perk 
like a gym membership or a free lunch, and they haven't fully integrated it into the functioning of business itself. So what I'm saying is, uh, in order for us to truly lead and embody change, we need to stop being afraid of prioritizing and integrating the spiritual dimension into our daily lives, including work. And I think even the most noble initiatives like diversity, inclusivity, pay equality, things like that will always have a flavor of rigidity, excessive control, imbalance if it's led by this egoic deficiency or if we're not aware of it. And so the vision that I'm describing here is one of total integration. This means that we collectively embody real empathy, real egalitarianism, real trust, real contentment, real care, and not just pay lip service to people over profits. So if we are still beholden to the ego, if leadership operates from ego, if managers operate from ego, if clients operate from ego, if shareholders operate from ego, we will continue building a culture of ego, which we know already and are seeing is one that never provides what we truly want or need. And so this is the core vision of what we're doing is to support the shift from an ego-dominant approach to contact with our intrinsic connection to what can only be called a culture of wholeness that is fully integrated into the way we work. And so how do we do that? And my thoughts on this is that we need to be able to recognize our own ego deficiencies. So a lot of psychology, wisdom teachings, different systems have pointed to this. But so far, I don't think that we've dived in very deeply into how this actually operates and impacts us at work. Um, there are nine different types of ego deficiency that the ego contends with and operates from. And if we can begin to recognize, understand, and heal the disconnect of our individual and collective ego, we'll be able to sustainably and naturally make the shift into functioning from a place of expansion, freedom, and true connectivity that characterizes the wholeness of our natural way of being. So I'm gonna include a chart in the substack that I'm posting along with this, but the nine ego deficiencies are weakness, failure, conflict, despair, fear, pain, emptiness, neediness, and wrongness. So you can see that these are not fun things to deal with, but they are necessary things to deal with. And from the ego deficiencies, because these are such painful and difficult experiences to deal with, the ego starts to look outside of ourselves to fill that gap. So we look for power, we look for success, we look for a kind of specialness, we look for security or pleasure, a kind of knowledge or perfection on the outside to try to fill this sense of deficiency on the inside. And the result of all of us doing that has a collective kind of impact on 
our culture and the way that we work. And so what we're talking about in the next few substacks here is diving into these ego dynamics and how we can make that shift into wholeness, into what we're actually trying to connect to when we look on the outside. So generally we can start this kind of inner work by recognizing ego activity and its patterns. And as the cliche goes, we can then start peeling back the layers of the onion until we get to the root of the issue. And if we are committed to real change and self-awareness, I think we will see the ego's desperate attempts at getting fulfilled externally. If we're able to become conscious enough of our ego patterns, we'll eventually come to realize the ego's core sense of deficiency. And this is the place where the vast majority of us choose to avoid at all costs. But the truth is, as we become more aware and capable of being present to this experience, there is a taste for transformation, for truth, for growth and wholeness that becomes way more compelling than the ego's need to avoid that pain. And so the design of egoless leadership training and, and what I'm doing with this practice uh, and these substacks and podcasts is intended to try to reveal the dynamics of each ego deficiency and its resulting impact on our work culture and also what needs to happen to shift into wholeness and what the resulting impact that would actually have on the way that we work. So in the months to come, I'll be diving into how collective ego activity has created the way that we currently work and how to individually make the corresponding shift inward to bring about real and lasting transformation to the way that we, we actually can work. So if this is at all interesting to you and you are not fleeing and uh, running away as fast as you can, please subscribe, stay tuned, uh, tune into the content that's coming out because I think it'll be really, really important in creating sustainable change. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on Egoless Leadership Training, please visit my website at www.egolessleaders.com. You'll find a host of offerings for both individuals as well as team and corporate trainings. If you have a question, please feel free to drop me a note at timothy at egolessleaders.com or leave a comment. Thank you and have an awesome day.